Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast presented by Onyx Hunt. Happy to be here for another episode. If this is your first time joining us for the show, welcome. Truly glad to have you here. We try our best to come out with content that's engaging, that's informative, that's entertaining to outdoors men and women across all walks of life. And I think we've done that with this very episode. We actually recorded this one live from Elk Camp in New Mexico. Brad Ferris and myself, we kind of break down the action of the past... I don't even know how many days we've been out here now. Over a week, somewhere between a week and two weeks. Elk season is one of our favorite times of year. Uh, it's always fun. It's always action-packed. It's always a good time. There's just there's nothing in this world quite like a big bugling elk and getting to hunt them with archer equipment. There's just nothing like it. And so we break down uh, the hunts that we've had, the mistakes made, the tactics we used that worked, the ones that didn't work, things we figured out, just kind of you know stories from the field so uh, hopefully that you like it we'll get into that conversation now one last thing if you have time please take the time it takes like 30 seconds to a minute to leave us a rating on spotify or apple podcast and write us a review it really does help the show and it doesn't take that long Um, so if you have the time we would greatly appreciate that and i'm going to quit rambling and get into the show thanks for listening my days have run together at this point what day is today? Today is Wednesday, September 21st. And we got to New Mexico on the 13th? 13th. Okay. So we've been here a little while. Yeah, you and I left Mississippi at 4 o'clock, 13th, and we rode in here at 6.30 that evening. Yeah, and we've been here since then. And we have had a lot of encounters, a lot of bugles. And mm-hmm. a lot of laughs. It has been as fun an elk camp as I can ever remember being in. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been an eventful week. Like I said, I'm sitting there trying to re. I mean, we're not even completely done yet. I'm just trying to think of what all has gone on to not leave anything out. So we're in, back up, we're in New Mexico, as stated, and we're elk hunting um, here with um, – Primo's crew, like Brad and myself, and then Jason Harris is here. Um, see, Jason Harris, Garrett Gray, and Jacob Thompson, who are both product guys at Primo's. Yep. Slade Reeves, who's been on the video team. When did Slade come? I on? mean, he's been there since the beginning, um, but you know, he's done a lot of stuff in front of the camera and hunted stuff over the years. But his his main job is he's the guy that puts all the stuff together in the tv form so when people yeah. watch truth about hunting or when they watch the dvds when we used to do those and, and the online stuff he's still he's the guy that puts all that together yeah um the other thing is like you said and then our friend dave holders here raised hunting yeah raised hunting yeah and um you know dave was a primos pro staffer 25 years ago and he and i actually hunted it was me and him i think will and mary were there and and he and I didn't shoot a bull. Well, he was videoing me, and um, I had a had one really big one right in front of me, but he just bad angle, and I wouldn't shoot him. Yeah, yeah. So, and that was how long ago? It had to be ten years ago. Yeah, or more. Yeah, he's been a lot of fun to hunt with. Oh yeah, Super he's a nice he's, guy, and he's a good hunter. He knows what to do. He knows. I mean, he's elk hunted a lot. That you know, he lived in Montana for for years, and mm-hmm. that was kind of his deal. Mm-hmm. So, starting from hunt number one, that was Jason Harris. That was, as far as, like, 
like I've been able to elk hunt, a, I'd say a decent amount now. As far as like being able to gauge what an elk's going to do, a bull elk's going to do, I would flip a coin or roll a dice. I never thought that bull, I never thought that bull was going to do what he actually did. Yeah, but we, well, just to back up a little, when for people that had never been elk hunting, and we get asked this question a lot, like, if you have a choice, and sometimes you won't depend on where you go or what the seasons are, but I would much rather hunt the last five days of the elk season than mm-hmm. I would the first ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you, you know, like a, we came here on the 13th for a reason. Yeah. Because usually it's the 16th when things go crazy, and this year in New Mexico it ends the 24th. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted those last, you know, ten days. Right. Right. Well, and I guess, so like, so Jason's bull we we were i think we were hiking out we see some elk on the edge of a meadow somehow we ended up working up towards his meadow trying to find that bull and he answered and um jason and i stayed up and y'all started to drop back and he finally crested you know like this new mexico prairie it'll always fool you especially haven't been out here because you look out in that prairie and you think you can see everything but there's enough rolls yeah you know cuts and undulating wilbur would call it Mm mm-hmm but yeah so they an elk can sneak up on you when you can't when you wouldn't think it could but all of a sudden he was there at the other end of the meadow and he's probably i mean he's honestly probably a little over 300 yards away and i thought because of what i've seen elk do i was like two things are going to happen he's going to stand right there he's going to look he's going to bugle and he's going to go back where he came from or he's going to walk across that meadow a little ways he's going to stand in the middle of it He's going to look, he's going to give us a fun little show, and then he's going to go on. He marched across that open meadow. And you know what I think that is? Is there's two or three days right before that first cow Mm -hmm. comes into heat or, you know, estrus, whatever. And those big bulls know that it's getting close, those older guys. And they're not out there wasting energy, you know, and and they know that, and they hear that and, excited cow calls that's their, maybe their first instinct that man yeah. i'm i'm that's that she's that's it that's she's she's looking yeah. Yeah. and um and then but once they start rutting and and start you know breeding it it's different you have to kind of become the satellite bull game in my opinion because those herd bulls are not gonna hardly leave those cows no we found that out too we can talk about that more but yeah but that, my point is is that i think that was strictly timing yeah well, why he acted so perfect yeah and we, and we saw that the more that we hunted we were like it's not like full busted loose yeah right. which paid off i mean because then which jason's hunt was awesome like i said i mean he gave it i mean he came all across that meadow bugling the entire way i think he was like 10 yards yeah or was, less maybe when it was close yeah and then your hunt what was cool about your hunt is like, and you've talked about this before, but finding a bull that's like, you know, up mid to late morning and he's up in a drain and he's bedded down and then you can get on him that way. I guess that's because we've done that so much, but that's one of my favorite things to do. Well, and that, this was the following day. This was the 15th. Yeah. You know, I, I had a I had a fun half a day hunt here in New Mexico, <laughs> and you know, and Slade and Jason were calling for us and finding them with the right temperament. And, and it's not like it's everywhere, but here we've probably had more success midday. Mm-hmm. 
and used to we would go back to camp midday well what i've noticed and and through the years is if you if you got a big herd of cows and and a few bulls you know if you can get in there and get close to that herd don't spook it i mean Mm -hmm. don't get too close but you get in that little circle we call it a zone or zip code i mean it's like it's like this imaginary line that once you get to a certain distance and they hear that their temperament's totally different then they might give you a courtesy bugle if you're way off they're not going to leave them cows but once them cows get bedded i think your chances are much much better because that bull's on his feet the whole day right and he may lay, lay down for a minute or 10 minutes and but he's back on his feet and i think that's the time where you can get within say 100 yards if you can do that depending on where they're bedded or less and then make a, just a few cow calls i i've seen them leave them many times for that short distance yeah well and it, it was that one was interesting particularly be, for a couple reasons it's like primos has hunted like where we're at right now how long have y'all hunted here i think the first time troy and i came out here was in 2001 or no 2000 or 2001 so 20 years 21 21 years years. yeah and i've been at like this is the ninth year i've been out here um but what was interesting is like typically like i said you hunt the same place for 21 years or nine years you start catching on to trends of what the elk do and where they like to be and you and i talked about it like where we found them this year like we've seen elk there before but not in there thick and bugling and rutting like they were this year they were in a different part of the ranch so it was a part that we didn't know as well yeah we hadn't never been a lot of elk there right yeah yeah so like that that elk bugled and we're like man just not and so like uh the first time he bugled we we sick you you said it you're like it sounds like he's bugling laying down which it you know it matched with the time of the day Mm -hmm. but i like the way and this is what i want to focus on is how we decided to get up to him because so many folks you hear like he was kind of bedded down in this little bitty drainage you know he's up that drainage ways and the temptation for a lot of folks is just make a straight line right at him and then you end up under him and that i mean that can work and you're just in his direct line directly below below him the whole time i pulled out the onyx and we saw there was like that other little drainage, I don't know, 100 yards west of there. And we worked that up and then we watched until we were, I mean, I think I don't think we were even with him. I think we were just ever slightly above him when we started calling to him. We were kind of and stand on that edge of that canyon, I guess you would say. So yeah. your wind, you know, the wind was blowing from from where the bull was. Obviously, we're you know downwind to him right and then our wind is blowing across it you know yeah and it those canyons will as the thermals do here the current air currents you know it kind of pulls that yeah. scent down in there mm-hmm. or it was at that you know it's still at that point yeah and i've just i've just found and i mean i've learned this from y'all it's like when you get on a bedded bull like that that time of day they just seem to be a lot more apt to come if you're either even with them or above them a little bit and you you get to that certain distance that you get him excited yeah like, i'll come check that out because we were I, how close were we 100 100 150 probably yeah i don't even uh, yeah somewhere in between there i don't think we were quite 150 we were close like the first time he bugled i was like this could work well you know one thing we do with videoing obviously so people that watch the elk hunts is we'll kind of get to a point like you said 100 yards and let's try it you know you kind of get the yeah. camera do a few light cow calls don't get aggressive and just take their temperature mm. but 
at times they come so fast you better have your stuff ready because yeah. he could be there within 30 seconds seconds yes yeah but that was such that was a cool hunt man especially because we had so there was these two super young bulls but they walked within like seriously like five feet of you and i I like, <laughs> maybe four, i mean literally like four <laughs> yeah. like yeah. he was close enough i said if he gets spooked or whirls he's gonna yeah run he, over or he could hit us yeah. hit us or jump over us or something <laughs> i thought i see because i've i had the last time i had elk that close i was with will walker and i thought the same thing i was like this is kind of cool but it's also like man i hope if he bolts he don't bolt the wrong way because <laughs> you know if you've been around elk and you see him get spooked i mean they just they run they just they're go. so big they yeah. just go right through stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. Golly. but yeah he he finally no so this is cool i forgot about this i remember it as we're telling the story so those two young ones came up and they finally get so close to figure out something's wrong and they kind of spook and run off they didn't know what they just knew something wasn't right they just got close enough to us and when they ran off you bugled and when you bugled i think that bull's entire temperament changed completely you could hear it in his bugle you could hear the intensity pick up and you know on to be honest about the bugle at that point I wasn't thinking about the bull we, that sound, you know, that we hadn't seen yet that we were hoping was big enough, mature mm-hmm. enough to shoot. I'm thinking, okay, he's there. These other ones spook. I want to blow my bugle like I'm chasing him. Like yeah. Another, you know, like yeah. maybe get that mindset going for him. And sure enough, like you said, he bugled right back, just mm-hmm. And then Slade and Jason obviously are still back behind us calling. And um, yeah, it worked out. He came. He came pretty close. I shot him almost where those other two bulls were. Yeah, he was so under ten yards. Right. Yeah, that was a crazy. That was a cool hunt. It was a fun hunt. It's fun, like you said. It, it they throw you a curveball even when you're not expecting it. But that was. I mean, that's legitimately a part of this place that I haven't for sure haven't spent a lot of time in. So it was cool getting to see yeah, some new country. It is, and you know, and I think it's important too to people who hadn't hunted elk and. You know, some people may agree with this or not, but to me, we we will never, ever shoot an elk facing us Mm-mm. or quartering to us. We just won't. I don't care if he's 500 inches. I'm not shooting him in the chest. Now, some people do, and they kill him, and that's fine, but it's a low percentage shot, and we are very dedicated to and committed to if that bull is not perfectly broadside or quartering away a little bit, then we just, I mean, yeah. we let him go. Mm-hmm. You know, just... Because I've I've been on those eight hour trail jobs, hike jobs, and it's just I mean it's just not a good well thing. And it's like I told you, and I feel I, I mean hopefully everyone feels this way, but it's like when you shoot, I mean obviously you're there to kill an elk. There's no bones about it. But I've never met a single hunter that if a bad shot is made and it, it takes the animal a while to die you can see the remorse in their eyes like oh, yeah. no one wants to do that nope. like the whole goal is to put them out and put them out quick so they're just so tough you know and man if you hit them good they're there you would think <laughs> they ain't got a lot of stamina yeah but you hit them bad mm-hmm. i mean you take a whole long out and they still go 10 miles it's insane um but my point i kind of got ahead of myself but something else that is that i think is important for people to hunt to be for for them to be successful and do the right thing by the elk is when that bull was coming at me i'm at full draw and i'm sitting there and i'm looking okay where's my arrow going to come out 
I'm not so much, I don't want to shoot him dead in the shoulder, mm-hmm. but I'm saying, see, if I shoot him right on the edge of the shoulder, it's going to come out at the last rib or further back. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I, in my head, try to decide when I'm going to shoot or where I'm going to shoot is, okay, where's that air coming out, mm-hmm. not where it goes in. And if whitetails, elk, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the exit, you aim for the exit. We've yeah. talked about that for years, yeah, but there's been so many. Yeah, saying for a long time. But there's a lot of bow hunters out there getting started, and man, you get that mindset aiming for the exit, it'll it'll make your success percentages of shots. I mean, it helps. You know, so much better. Yeah, I mean, I had to um, like after you, I started hunting, and the like the first day into my hunt, I had a bull come in that was questionable whether or not I was going to shoot him but he made my decision for me because he stood there at 23 yards quartering to me. And I was like, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I've, you know, I've heard, seen too many stories and yep. you and Wilbur drove that into my head. The second I got my first archery tag, they were like, you do not shoot. <laughs> yeah. If it's, if it's quarter, just don't, it's just not worth it. It's, I mean, they're like I said, they're big and tough mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's the fair thing to do yeah. to, to yeah. them. For, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. So, um, when I started hunting, it started out, I was, a, I'll be honest, I was a little bit disappointed right at the beginning of my hunt because we made that the speed loop and I love hunting in there. Love hunting in there because it's that big, not too thick, but not too open timber, timber yeah. when them elk come up through there. And that's why I was disappointed. We hiked all the way up there, wasn't any elk. No elk. <laughs> I was like, oh man. <laughs> you know, you were talking about that a few minutes ago about why there's so many elk here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a pretty big ranch, but it's not a lot of elk habitat on it. Yeah. A lot of it's, you know, antelope country, prairie, cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I don't know how long, how far it is. You know, the ranches out west, are, a lot of them are really big, you know, 100,000 acres, 10, whatever. You know, it's a big place. So right. there may be one or two rain that hit this side of the right. property where we hunted the ranch. And it just the more water in the dirt tanks the grass is different better i mean but they know how to find those spots and that's where they that's where they gang up yeah i mean there's a rhyme and reason to everything that they do and like i said they were they just weren't there Mm -hmm. and you can't i mean not all the time they they're where you want them to be like i just wanted to i like it i told y'all i was like i've filmed a good many elk hunts in there but i'd never been hunting and going in there that's why we went because i wanted one of those in the trees hunts but you know it was it, i mean it got i mean obviously it worked out but uh what had so we we did we had that bull come in that was quarter and two and then we made made that entire loop and got over to the part where i wanted to and then there was no elk whatsoever and we we hiked out where did we go after that uh the next we next morning we went um across the ranch over there where you know we call it the Pallone here yeah yeah we did and that's the next morning no that? well the next day that's when we chased an elk but and then we ended up having no, nothing happened we chased some more elk that, that day but it just wasn't ginning and then the next morning we went to the Pallone. that's when yeah that's when we got we we saw some elk way high middle of the day because we usually hunt over there middle of the day is because just the way this situation works mm-hmm and and sure enough we see a bunch of them on one on a big high meta and there's just a string of elk coming and it's it's actually a bunch of moo cows bovine right there too so we said let's just sit by this water hole and see what they do yeah. see where they go well 
Lucky for you, they <laughs> all marched right There's the, to the water. That was, I don't know if I've ever seen anything wilder than that in the years I've gotten to elk hunt. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Because, like, it was like, well, one, that bull came in alone and first. And, I mean, was, I, 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 <laughs> you and you and Jason Slade were backed up, you know, for, like, a calling position. And David and I were down there at the point so I could shoot down to the water hole, which was not complete. It was somewhat ideal, except for fat. Like the other bank of the water hole was way too far than I was going to shoot. But I was like, if he cut, if they, you know, a bull that I'm going to shoot comes to the close bank, I can make that. It was like 36 yards. Well, just to kind of give somebody a little bit of detail, the the reason we picked that spot was like it's been hotter out here than I ever remember being. It is hot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like hot. in the mid to upper 80s. And you know it's one thirty in the day. I think when you shot, your, I mean yeah. roughly one thirty in the day. Because if you we we got on an elk earlier, yeah, but it didn't work out. Didn't work. Yeah. Well, we and so we were talking and said, let's just sit here by this water hole. We wasn't like setting up on the water hole. We just let's sit here and listen to these elk and watch them and see what they do when we right. make a plan. Yeah. It, but if in the event they come to the water <laughs> hole, we're okay. you said that you were like you're like let's just see what this big herd's gonna do, and maybe we get lucky they come down here and then they did <laughs> yeah i mean that's that never happens but it did happen thank goodness it was, it was it was fun to watch like david and i were talking and talking and i i said david there's a cow elk and he was like huh i was like there's a cow elk and then one cow elk turned into like eight and they just started filtering down the hill coming down to the water hole i was like oh my gosh this it was a work. string of them and then i looked down i'm like david in the meadow he's like huh i was like in the meadow and he, he's like oh my gosh and i threw my binos up just quick enough to go yep shooter that's him and i put him <laughs> down and i'm seeing the way that he's working down to this water hole and he's kind of angling towards the closer bank and i'm like this could work this could work and then he gets to there's like a little bit of a drainage and i didn't know if he was going to get in that drainage and walk to the water hole that way well he comes and he just crosses the drainage straight up and he's standing next to this um cedar bush that i'd ranged at 40 yards and he kind of stood there for a little while facing me and i thought he was going to turn and go up the hill for a second and i was preparing myself for a 40 yard shot well he keeps walking at me and david and next thing i know he's like he's about to be broadside he's like 27 yards and like i said that one was just like that never happens i've never seen it happen like that well but. thinking back on that is you know we had the moo cows they were on the other side of the dirt tank water hole. Which I've never seen moo cows at the Palone. Yeah, and, and they got them maybe for grass reasons this year over there. But, it's, and you know, the, the elk are not scared of the, you know, the cows, obviously, yeah. the moo cows. But, and I think it was just him just giving them some space. I mean, it, he wasn't mm-hmm. worried about them, but they they had the far side, and he'd come around closest to your yeah. side. And um, couldn't it couldn't have worked out, you know, any, any better for you for you to have a no good close shot no i stopped him and shot him and after we i mean we watched him fall you know beautiful big five by five yeah well, that was funny. after all the, the the craziness like i sat back down i was about to get like you know typically like after i shoot i just i have a full scale adrenaline dump i just get excited i spin around and i remember real quick i'm like that whole herd of elk is coming down here to this water hole so i had to sit down and that's when we watched all these elk and there was bulls pushing cows around it was so cool it was it was kind of if you could if you could define an elk rut yeah i mean it was the definition and you know within 100 yards of us of a real 
sure enough, watching them, watch them interact with my favorite part. Listen yeah. to the cows, the calves, the bulls, and the bulls. You know, they they give in each other space, so they're right. They're really not fighting yet. I mean, no. I'm sure some of them are, but a few days ago they were they were being a little respectful of each other at that point still. Mm-hmm. But there was enough cows to go around at that time. Yeah, you let them cows start running out. Yeah, they get a lot more intense. <laughs> it's gonna get different. That was I've never like me and David. I, I mean, I can imagine that y'all's conversation up the hill was this similar. But Dave and I were like, "Have you ever seen anything like this?" I was like, "No, never in my yeah. life. Never have I seen anything like that." And just knowing we're watching this and knowing I'm like, my bull's just down there. Because like, it, was, it was such a good yeah. feeling. But the funny part was is after they started, they finally started heading off because we didn't want to spook them, obviously. David was like, that was a really nice bull you killed. I was like, was it? I didn't even. I, and he you said, just knew he was mature looking and yeah, big enough. And he said, yeah. He said, big five buys are awesome. I was like, he's a five buy? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, something that's probably one of my favorite parts of that hunt is, and it'll be on, you know, the Truth About Hunting TV show. And it'll be, it'll come out, you know, next July or August, probably right. yeah. what we're talking about. But for people out there, just hearing all those elk sounds to me, it was, I mean, that's how you learn how to sound like a, a mm-hmm. ac- you know, accurate sounds like a real elk. The inflections, the, the calves, the cows. I mean, the bulls are, they all sound different. That's not real hard. But I think that those little cow sounds are your most important. And when you mm-hmm. hear the real thing doing it, it just gives me confidence to try to, yeah. you know, I, I try to Im- imitate that on my next hunt or whatever. There was one cow. I watched her for a while and she had just, you know, this real, and it's like everyone knows a cow elk has, has a nasally pitch. But when they're real close to you, it's like you can hear it even better. That And she would, she would mew like these short little mews and then she would yeah yeah and it just hearing that and watching her do it and watching what she was doing when she was doing that yeah just kind of figuring out trying to figure out what they're thinking when they're making that sound it was i i don't know if i ever see anything like that again yeah i mean it's no secret that you know if you hear the real thing it, it, it helps you figure out what to say but i just enjoyed watching that interaction where you could see it and hear it so close in front of you mm-hmm. it was just a, it was a special yeah. special little hunt we had it for sure incredible this whole place has been incredible and i know like we're trying to fit all this into a podcast i mean you if if one wanted to go through all the details of all of these hunts we could talk for four hours yeah you know we're just kind of hitting highlights uh after that slate started hunting slate hunted for i don't know but the, well the day that he killed his elk he hunted a half a day Did or he? one day one day one day one full okay. day yeah we hunted that morning and didn't remember well we hunted that whole day yeah we made we whatever we walked we, six seven miles or something and yeah and we finally found this bull and we got on several elk but they just they were they they just wasn't real fired up that day and we couldn't put nothing together but as we got closer to the truck you know we heard some more had come down the, the mm-hmm. mountain and uh slade took that bugle tube the big pop i think was is yeah. that the name of it yeah it's a new we, we've been testing some new calls out here so it and he just got it and just did a real aggressive bugle and that elk answered us and we all kind of look at each other and he he waited a minute and he bugled again yeah. and then you could just hear that intensity in that bull and we're like, man, we got to go try him, you know. And sure enough, mm-hmm. we went walked three hundred yards, set up, and he marched right to us. Yeah, it's crazy how because like we'd been hiking around, 
trying to call herded up elk in all day and we're getting frustrated to a degree because we kept on i mean we bumped a few elk trying to sneak into a bull and it just we were like ah you know it just wasn't we just we couldn't get in the right spot at the right time yeah it was <laughs> like it's just not happening not yep. happening you know and then when you get in the right spot and a bull in the right mood it just man this is it's what we all and people who've done it that's they know what we're talking about people that hadn't done it that maybe listen to this i elk hunting may be the for me the probably the pinnacle of north american yeah hunting because you're talking to that elk and they make such cool sounds and and you're doing it in the mountains and it's just it's the whole experience is really special mm-hmm. i mean it really is special mm-hmm. it's my it, it's for sure i would agree with you on that like north american big game that's it archery hunting elk like that in the rut it's it's so I mean, not to take nothing away from sheep or goats or no, anything like that, no. but it's just that calling that, you know, when you're talking to that animal and y'all are talking back and forth, yeah. it just adds a, just adds an element to it that's really exciting. And what affirmed it for me, like, or what affirms that belief for me is, you know, like I said, both you and I have been fortunate, blessed enough to be able to go a lot. Yep, for sure. So it was, it was really, really cool to see garrett and jacob's reaction to all this because yep. jacob's elk hunted jacob had elk hunted before not a whole lot garrett this was his first time to be able to really get to come out here and like you said earlier when we first started talking to who they are they're you know they're the guys that are behind the scenes that are in charge of pretty most product development yeah. new yeah. products and that's one of the main reasons they came out here was they brought some new elk calls yeah and we wanted to try them and perfect them and you know it needs this it needs that <clears throat> We got a new cow call that's made out of acrylic, and uh, hands down, it's been one of the best single, I mean, it's a single read, open read call. Mm -hmm. The Hyperlip single is the closest thing that I can, that somebody may recognize to this new call, Mm -hmm. but it's different. It's easier to blow. It's got a different pitch, and I think we're pretty certain that the elk told us that they liked it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it yeah. was it was a success in the in the bugle too. Yeah, you know that big. It's a bigger tube. The little tubes are you know easier to pack around sometimes. But those big tubes, you can get every sound that you need. If you want to be like, you know, the the king of the mountain, or if you want to be a little two or three year old raghorn, just yeah. to kind of mm-hmm. sneak in on something, you can do it with that bigger tube for sure. Easier, I should say. Yeah, the first evening that garrett you know we started hunting in the afternoon and like the first afternoon garrett has this younger boy end up on top of him bugling and so i get jacob had a tag and he was hunting garrett was just here to hang out and call and test out these new calls and whatever and anyhow garrett's back there with y'all calling and uh one of those little younger bulls ended up on top of him bugling and at the end of the day, you walk out. Garrett comes out, and his eyes are just big. He was like, "Holy smokes, this is crazy!" Well, when you ha- when you hear one that's into it, and he's bugling it, you know, within twenty yards of you, it's it's loud. Yeah, you don't realize. I mean, they're loud anyway. But when they're right on top of on you, top bugle, of you, shoot, it's it's loud. Mm-hmm. But how lucky can can we have been to be able to see this and had okay weather, not great weather, but yeah. you know, we were. We just and we'd learn to take our time, mm-hmm. you know. And if if it ain't happening, it ain't happening. Yeah. But we've been here enough and hunted elk enough that timing is key. If you can, if you can kind of tweak your time into that 
from the 15th of September through about the first week of October when it comes to calling is it, that's that's the time I mean I'm sure people call them up in in August I know they do but we we like the yeah you know yeah. Not the one bugle in the morning, the daylight, and the one bugle in the evening. Right. I like it when they start bugling all day. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's about the 16th, 17th time frame. Yeah, for this place, for sure. Yep. And it was like yesterday when uh, Jacob was hunting, we sat down and because we've been hiking around a bunch, and we had to hike all the way up to the top to the mule tank, and that's that's the probably one of the more intense climbs you have on the Pallone. and. We sat down. I think we were waiting for the wind to get right, or no, 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 we were waiting for that storm to blow through, maybe, and to be able to work down to these elk. But the whole time you're just hear one way every now. That's what I like to hear (laughs) (laughs) when they start doing that. Oh, it sure was fun though. We did. It was, and we know we got everything. Got all everybody. We we ended up, you know. Well, let's see. We start hunting the 14th. Today's the 21st, and we've you know we got five bulls hanging in the cooler. Yeah and you know we got them all out good everybody made good shots it's just it's just been fun and, and man we got some we got some deep moaning to do mm-hmm. down in that skin and shit here this evening that's why i told uh, we <laughs> i told uh you and everybody when i killed my bull it's like this is the first season uh that i've come out elk hunting that i was a married man and so the past couple years when i've been fortunate enough to kill an elk a whole elk is way too much meat for one single man i'd be selfish if i was keeping all that so i'd always give some to my family and then i'd have buddies that you know it's okay. something i enjoyed doing you know if someone wants to help me i'd be like oh yeah you know it's something i enjoyed giving them help me well lacy my wife she's uh you know ever since we've been together we were dated for you know two years before we got married and so i'd cooked her up before and everything and somehow we were talking and i said something about you know some folks are gonna give me you know giving meat out and she was like how much of it you plan on giving away? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, don't forget the freezer, huh? Yeah, don't forget our exactly. freezer now. Um, you know, another neat little thing that I was and I was going through my pack this morning. I got this little bag I keep in there with just extra stuff, parachute yeah. cord, yeah, extra batteries, just in case something you need up there. And I'm going through it today, looking for a band aid for. So Jacob had cut his finger a little bit when he was um, getting a the hide peeling back some hide off when we were deboning or quartering on the mountain and um i pulled out this little pack looking for a band-aid and there's bright eyes and flagging tape from like well like from it's been in there probably i mean it's that bag's been going everywhere i've gone for years and years and i'm thinking now here we are up there so you 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 mark on your phone on the onyx app you mark where we were Mm. then you can if you hike back to the truck, you can find the best way to hike, mark yeah. it, and then that way you can come down there and say, okay, where are they at? You know, they're right there. They're yeah. Or leave a track on the way out. Or, or half a mile in yeah. or, or whatever. But I, I just thought that was funny because you used to, we walked down that mountain hanging flag and <laughs> tape. Hanging flag and tape. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole different world. I mean, how many times, this happened just the other day, um, seasons prior to, like we'd be, doing something and i'd i'd it's not i wouldn't forget my pack but i'd have to leave it we moving and get an elk killed whatever turn around like where's my pack like because all this stuff looks the same like when we were um cutting your elk up the other day i'd left some stuff so i just pulled my onyx up dropped a you know pack waypoint on it i was like all right now i know where it is and then oh, we got but you got all that from last year you're like yeah and we're like because we're hunting and you oh, said yeah. that's where we shot jordan's bull you know 
80 yards right down there straight straight down the hill or something yeah because you had that marked on your phone so and uh, yeah and i uh because there's a lot of places on this on this range where you don't have service so our offline map that was the thing because you were trying to drop a waypoint you didn't have any service yeah. so when i was like man you, which i gotta show you how to do that stuff i guess but <laughs> i never took the time to look well i didn't think about it being out here you're gonna you know you got yeah. spotty cell service at best I, I downloaded offline maps for the entire ranch so i was able to use it everywhere mm-hmm. but it's, it is cool because i mean i can't tell you how many times you drop a waypoint on something and elk hunting you know you go like well we, there was elk here last year and you go in there and you find one again you know stuff like that or if you were trying to tell somebody if you were hunting on public land or a, a or even private land and you're hunting a place you've never hunted yeah you know somebody can share okay go to this pen right here mm-hmm. this waypoint and you can go in the dark Oh, yeah. You ain't got to have a light. I mean, it'll take you right to where you need to go. So there's a lot of, like, dim roads, two-track roads that we get that we use out here to get to where we were hiking. Well, the other night when we are trying to get back to camp from the Pallone, we're driving back, and Jason was driving the um, – Jason was driving, and he starts to take a turn. He said, it ain't the right turn. He's like, oh, no, this is the right one. I was like, dude, I promise it's not. He goes, no, it isn't. I had tracked the road last year. So I was like, I'm telling you, look, it's not the right one. <laughs> and that's when, um, what I, was that when y'all were coming back? Was this a bull in the back of the buggy, wasn't it? Or no? I don't remember. I can't remember now either, either way. But it but was, it, I had yeah. tracked it, so I knew. I was like, that's not the right way. That's the wrong, I mean, with all those little two tracks look the same. Mm-hmm. So it can be confusing. And this year they had a major drought in a lot of the West, as most people know that live out here. But here they got to start getting a lot of rain in June and July. Mm-hmm. And so the grass is knee high. Yeah. And so a lot of these roads are hard to see mm-hmm. this year. They don't get driven on, but when we're elk hunting, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, because if they're doing cattle, they own horses. The, the cowboys here getting the what you know, getting the cattle rounded up. Mm-hmm. Too cool. Well, elk season's always fun, and this one was no different. Yep, yep. Can't believe it's almost to come to an end, and it's time to get back and start working on our all our whitetail stuff in mississippi and um just start on you know food plot stuff getting stands figured out putting trail cameras out and um, we all love much as you can tell we enjoy elk hunting by listening to this but man when it comes to turkeys or deer or duck or whatever it's just it's all it's just all good mm-hmm. about to be that time well um like you said we're about to have to head on down and start deboning meat and getting ready for the exodus back east but it's been fun that is for sure it's been fun and i hope all our you know other hunters out there that have got to go on elk hunts had fun and safe and successful hunts as well that's true um guys we'll wrap this conversation up hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it as always if you have any questions or topics you won't cover anything like that do not hesitate to reach out you can email primos hunting podcast at gmail.com or you can direct message me or the primos page Whichever one's easiest. And, uh, yeah, if you have time, leave us a rating, write us a review. It helps the show. We'll see you back here next week. As always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast presented by Onyx Hunt.